Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister. Today we are going to talk about my most recent therapy session and some conversations Rosemary and I have been having. I'm Beatrice McCabe. I'm Rosemary McCabe. We are Not Without My Sister. If you don't already know, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister, where every week you get an exclusive bonus episode. And every month now, we have a Patreon book club, where at the start of the month, we'll tell you what the book is. At the end of the month, we will discuss it. Fun, fun, fun. You can join at patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister for, I think it's like €4.50 a month, $5. And this month's book is Business or Pleasure by Rachel Lynn Solomon. A, a, A smashing read, I thought. Not extremely intellectual, lighthearted, fun, you know, what everybody needs at this time of year for some reason. Okay, so... Smashing read. Smashing, a smashing read. So I thought we would talk about a term that I only learned this week, although the concept of it has been familiar to me for a long time. It's something you and I talk about relatively frequently, I would say, which is auto-accommodating, which is when your inclination is always to say yes and to accommodate other people, oftentimes at your own expense or when you don't want to, and can lead to, in some cases, resentment. That's not necessarily what we talk about. We talk about like why we can't say no. Why can't we put up boundaries? Why are we always doing things for other people? Not in necessarily always a bad way, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how can we get better at saying no? Because often, sometimes, often, sometimes, because also sometimes we schedule things that overlap and you end up letting people down as well. So it's not just yeah. about like annoying yourself, but you end up overstretching and having to back out at the last minute. And it's not always... And it can be awkward for lots of different reasons. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's so weird is that like I don't 
I don't think anybody who knows me would be like, oh, like Rosemary's a very, I think they would think that I'm like headstrong enough and could say no if I want to say no. But like, I do find it really hard when somebody asks me for a favor or asks me to do something for them. And it's honestly only in the last kind of five years that I've started to say no. If somebody says, hey, like the most recent one I can remember is I think Kim asked me if I'd feed her cats. And I've done it a couple of times, but whatever, like that week, I think we had the boys for the whole week and maybe it was when Finn was in soccer camp and stuff. And I was like, and my initial reaction was to write back and go, yes, of course. And then I was like thinking, how am I going to do that? Where is the baby going to be? Where is, you know, I'm going to have to blah, blah, blah. And then I just was like, actually, no, I can't. She was like, oh, no problem. I'll ask such and such. And it wasn't a big deal at all. But I, I really agonized about it in my head going, I can't, like, it's not okay to say no to this. So how can I make it work instead of going, you know what, this just isn't something I can do right now. Well, I was talking in therapy with my therapist, you'll be surprised here. I was speaking with my therapist about this tendency that I have to probably to, I think it's to forgive very easily, right? When somebody does something that is not nice or unkind or whatever to me or to people that I care about, I'm like, oh, I always make a lot of, Mm. I do real devil. I make a lot of excuses for people. Oh, well, maybe they didn't feel well or they probably had a terrible upbringing. Well, you know what? Like we, we don't know that for a fact. We, we can't yeah. assume their intent, etc. Yeah, they probably and, didn't mean it. Yeah, and even when this thing has been done to me, my tendency is to go, oh, but like, you know, uh, sure, it's just one thing and we shouldn't be annoyed. And she said, you know, and I said, but I've always seen that in myself as a positive thing, you know, as a positive trait, mm, like mm. that I'm accommodating. I'm a good partner. I'm a good friend. Yeah. I'm good. You're like easygoing. You're yeah. forgiving. Yeah. You're understanding. And yeah. Yeah. And I've always seen that as a positive trait. And I said, when I said, but now I'm starting to see it, not necessarily as a positive trait, but like a little bit less of a good or a bad thing. Just, it's not always one or the other. And she said, yeah, she said, it's important to understand her, her response. I thought was interesting. She said, it's important to understand when people are appreciating you or when people are taking advantage of that. You know, when people are, she's actually said appreciating or exploiting. When it gets to the point that people are exploiting it and you are not putting up, you know, healthy boundaries or Mm. even being aware of it, like that you're, it's kind of to the detriment of your own time or capacity or mental health. And then, like I said, sometimes you do end up being the total dick because you have to go like, I'm so sorry. I totally forgot that I had double spread this or whatever. I know I said I do this, but I actually can't. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was one last week where I had offered, I had not offered, I had been asked to help at a school fundraiser, not my school. And I realized like at the end of the day, I just couldn't go. I had to pick the kids up from school. I had to go, like it had been a really heavy going day. You know, we had a lot of different things happen with school, et cetera, Mm. that were tough. Mm. And at the very last minute, and it was lashing rain as well. And I was just like, I'm really sorry. I, I can't, I can't go. I have to go home and I have to deal with the kids, you know? And I felt like a really crap friend, but also I was like, it's, I probably just should have not have said yes in the first place. I should have looked yeah. at my day and yeah. like thought about the current situation of my life and said like this, it just isn't something I can sign up for. Sorry. Yeah. But I always like when I'm looking forward to, if somebody asks me to help them with something or asks me to do something, when I'm looking forward in my head, I'm always like, the version of me that's going to exist next Friday is going to be so super organized and efficient that it won't matter that I four things on, even though I know myself and I'm like, I don't like to have more than one, maximum two things to do each day. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I think like you I somehow have a imagine that's thing. going to change. No, you have a weird thing happening at the moment where you are doing a sliding doors where you have two days available to you that you schedule. And oh, you keep yeah, them yeah. Very, I told you this you, the other day. 
Yeah, but you keep them very separate in your mind. Like they don't overlap. It's not like you're going, oh, I have this and this. You're like, on Friday, I'm going to do these three things. And on Friday, I'm also going to do, and also on Friday, I'm going to do these three things. But the twain, like never the twain shall yeah. meet. And you yeah. don't these realize. Are two, these are two yeah. different Fridays. Like that happened to me last week when I have known for months, obviously, that we were going to this wedding and we were leaving on Friday morning and coming back on Sunday night. And in my head, I was like, okay, we're leaving for the wedding Friday morning. We're going to do this. We're going to drop Atlas off to Beatrice, blah, blah, blah. And then in another window in my head, I was like, on Friday, I'm taking Atlas to occupational therapy. And then I'm going to go to Trader Joe's. I'm going to do, and it was like, it was as if my brain just hadn't realized that Friday is Friday. Not like there's one Friday here and one Friday here. You know what I mean? Mm. They were just totally, it's so, and it's, and it's happened to me a few times where like there was a time that I think I arranged to meet you. And then I was like, well, I'm actually meeting Hannah for dinner. And I just, in my head, I was like, there are two Wednesdays next week, but obviously there are not. There are not. There are not. No, meanwhile, I am going really to Ireland. Weird. Meanwhile, I'm going to Ireland Aww. next week and I am looking forward to it. But I also thought there was an extra week between this week and next week. And I kept telling everybody we're going on the 11th in four weeks. And they were like, oh, yeah, you mean three? I'm like, yep, in four. And I kept just thinking people were miscalculating when they would say like three weeks. I was like, I think they're just not counting that half week. Well, I'm purposely doing a sliding doors on next week because I'm like, yeah, there's Beatrice going to Ireland and then there's Beatrice staying right here with me where I can chat to her every day and call over to her house and she's not going to have left the country and it'll be everybody be still together, meaning me and Beatrice. You're going to have a great time. You're going to discover yourself. You're going to see all the spare time you have and we're not texting. What do you mean we're not texting? We're going to be texting. We're going to be texting, but we're not texting every two seconds. What do you mean we're not going to be texting every two seconds? Why would we not be texting every two seconds? You'd be texting You're going to have Wi-Fi. We like the good old days. You'd be texting mom. Oh my God. I Skyped mom and dad yesterday morning and we were chatting away and then dad comes over and goes, oh, the birthday boy. And I had totally forgotten it was Atlas's birthday. This was yesterday morning at breakfast. And I got up, got him dressed and everything. Hadn't sung happy birthday to him once. So then we sang it on FaceTime, but it was really annoying because there was a delay. Sure, I totally forgot that about Fox's first birthday until about three days later. And then I just said nothing. I was like, sure, he, just, he won't even remember. He doesn't, he has no, he has no awareness of it. I think we had a cake at oh, some yeah, point and it was like, he's grand. We got him a little cupcake last night from Sassy Cakes and then he ate all of the icing off with his bare hands and then refused to eat any of the cake. It was disgusting to watch. Well, he's a kid. So tell me, um, so tell me like from your perspective, are you also, is this also something that you struggle with then? Yes, it is. And where do you think it comes from? I mean, well, but I mean, I don't think that we had, like, I don't think anybody in our life I would consider a major pushover. I don't think anybody was ever saying to us growing up, like, you really need to say yes to everything. Um, I think mom was, and not in so many words. Like, I don't think she was like, you know, you should always, but mom very much, if I said, like, if I would have said to her growing up, oh, like, Claire asked me if I'll do this, but I really, I have too much on next week. She'd go, oh, Cl- Cl- Claire's a very good friend to you. And like, if you can help her, you should. You know what I mean? That was always mom's attitude that like, if you can help someone, you, you should. And if you can do what somebody's asked, like if you can do a favor for someone, you should. So I think I really absorbed that as like the right thing to do is to help someone when they ask you for help. But is that wrong necessarily? If you can do somebody a favor, you should. Whereas, but I think there's also like shades of gray in there. If you can do somebody a favor and you've already done them five favors and they continue continuously stab you in the back, potentially you should <laughs> withdraw or rescind these this favor giving behavior. Yeah. And, and I also think mom's, mom's idea of if you can is very much like if you are able-bodied and awake and have access to a car, you know, like if you are practically able to help somebody you should help them whereas I think as I've got older I've gone 
okay, but I'm not able because I'm having a really, really tough week and I can't actually take that four hours because I need to take that four hours to get some work done and to give myself some time to relax or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Whereas mom, I think it would never really occur to her to be like, I'm not, you know, I can't do that because that's the time I'm going to take for myself. That I think that would seem kind of alien to her. So I think the idea of like, if you can, was very, was, was very like, to your point, black and white for her. Whereas for me now, it would not be so black and white. Well, I think you're kind of conflating two things in there because I think there's being self-employed is one, right? But I think this idea of like self-care and self-time is a totally new phenomenon and is only this generation, like these these current generations that exist, like Gen X and down, you know, and younger. It's mm. it's very much, it wasn't, it was much more community-based. You're like, you're here in service of your family, your friends. Like there was no such thing also because we we're only very, recently like in the last hundred years you know reduced from working every hour god gives you to like the 40 hour mm, work week, yeah you know what i mean so you were either in the farm or you were in the factory or you were you know wherever you were taking care of your kids and doing all the washing without what like electricity etc i mean i'm talking about a hundred years ago you know so there was no self-time i'm going to get my nails done i'm going to like those are totally modern phenomena and even yeah. when mom's generation was our age there were no nail salons or anything like that so kind of self-time was hanging out with your friends having a cup of tea and probably making the dinner while you were chatting you know yeah 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 but I think the whole the other side of it I'm talking I mean I'm talking less about that and yet it is important like we didn't recognize mental health wasn't and wasn't a topic that was discussed so this idea of like prioritizing yourself and the added pressures of today technology you know connectedness etc like the industrial world self-care probably is more important or maybe it was always important it just didn't exist but if you go back to the um self-employed thing I mean I'm now self-employed theoretically except I have no income and although I'm trying to get a job like looking for a job and trying to work on you know projects and pitches and all that is a full-time job but it's Mm -hmm. very 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 hard I'm finding to prioritize that time when there is no accountability to like the nine nine o'clock and the five o'clock yeah yeah. You know, and I know people talk about this, but I think that's really hard. Like, and I said this to mom and dad when they were here and you were off having brunch with somebody and then you're like, I have to work really late tonight, et cetera. No, but I mean, if I were you and I had like regular things that I had to do, I would get them done within a very much tighter framework. But like, that's also your prerogative because mm-hmm. yeah. that's the joy of being self-employed, right? You can pick your own hours, but it's really hard not to say no to people when they ask you to do things or for appointments or whatever during that time to be like, no, I'll be at my desk thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. Yeah, it is really hard. But I also think it also depends on what kind of self-employed work you're doing. Because I feel like for me, if I said to myself, okay, I'm going to work every day from nine until two, right? And those are going to be my set hours. I'm going to sit down, like I'll take a break every now and then I'll have coffee, have tea, whatever. Sometimes I sit down at nine o'clock and I'm like, I actually just can't write because... I'm tired or I have too much going on in my head or I have too little going on in my head or you know, I'm distracted by something else. Yeah, but and that's it's like, because I'm going to write later. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah but like, like, if you were in an office, you would, you'd be like, I'm tired and am I am distracted and you'd be doing your work. You know oh, what I mean? No, no, incorrect. If, if I was in oh. an office, I'd be tired and I'd be distracted and I wouldn't be doing my work, but I'd still be getting paid. And that's the crucial difference. I was about to say you'd be getting fired. <laughs> no, you'd be surprised what you can get away with being interested in an office. I can't wait till like in 10 years time, I'm like, why will nobody employ me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But I mean, that rigor, though, that like, even if I'm not writing from nine, I could be doing my bills. I could be doing like the admin part of my job. I could be researching. I could be like thinking is part of your job, like thinking about Mm. what I'm going to write, researching topics, reading other people's, you know, like reading magazines is part of my job, like fashion magazines. Mm -hmm. But it never felt like something I could prioritize, you know? Yeah. But I think that goes back to also the fact that like it is hard to say no if I said to you listen I really need a hand tomorrow 10 o'clock you know my my friends who are in work would be like no sorry I can't help you I'm at work sorry you know whereas you would drop your work to help me Beatrice you could say to me I could have a plan I could be interviewing Michelle Obama tomorrow at 10 a.m and you could say to me Rosemary I need you to come over and dig holes for these daffodil bulbs and I would go sorry Michelle sorry Shelley my sister needs me. No, you but that's wouldn't. Like, I would, but that's that's big sister thing. You just boss me around. And I do whatever you say. That is not accurate. No. Are you going to call up Heather Hadley while she's in town? I don't so know. You can get an interview. I, do it. I don't know. Oh my god, you hate this. You. Hate I will do me. what I want. This is <laughs> now. This is me exercising. Not what is it? Uh, auto. I'm not auto accommodating your your request. I'll see Sorry. how I feel about it. It's not a request. It was a direct. It was a directive, and it was also I'm not auto accommodating your directive. It was also auto accommodating your own success. I think I'm very successful. Thank you very much. Without interviewing yeah. Heather Headley. Your own, Headley. Your own continued success. What are you doing? You're putting on. Smug lip balm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Smug lip balm. So what do you, so do you think that you've gotten better in the last five years at saying no? And does it still make, like, I'll tell you recently, I went somewhere with somebody and I was, like, I, it's not just about, it's not like auto accommodating is not just about saying yes to people's requests. It's also about making them feel more comfortable, no matter what. Like if they say, oh, I didn't know this is what we were going to talk about, or I didn't know, I immediately go, oh, sorry you know, well, that must be my, like, sorry about that. And I'm getting, I'm not getting better at it because it's awful, but I'm practicing being okay with being uncomfortable because I get very uncomfortable when other people are not happy. No, yeah, I don't think I've particularly got better at that. I think I've got better at saying occasionally, like with the cats example, occasionally no you know what I actually can't and I feel really really bad saying no and you know what I also feel really really bad asking people for favors that I know I would do for them or that I know I have done for them and that's weird too do you know what I mean that if I like I feel really awkward going hey would you mind doing this thing that I did for you when you were on vacation last week because we're going on vacation or whatever it is like and I I don't know why when of course you know and and it's not that you do things for like a tit for tat, like now I've got that in the bank, they have to do that for me next time. But like, why would I feel embarrassed, especially if they've asked me and they obviously didn't feel embarrassed, but I don't know why I do. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like if I'm, like, even if I'm trying to bring something up with Brandon, something that's bothering me or something, and if I feel like he then gets annoyed or uncomfortable, I immediately kind of start to backtrack and go, oh, well, you know, like, like maybe I'm being ridiculous. Like maybe it's not that important blah 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 and like the other day we had this discussion where I was going look I you know I really think we need to do whatever it was and he said you know he was like every couple of weeks you like you have a bad day or a bad two days and this becomes a really big issue for you and I was like I'm not having a bad day but I actually wasn't but I was like no like that's true like that it does come up for me when I'm having about like when I'm feeling low but it's also because it bothers me and it just when I'm feeling low I, I I'm like start thinking more about the things that are bothering me and when I'm feeling good I can kind of like shove them under the rug 
But like there was a temptation to go, oh, you're right. It's just because I'm feeling crap. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, Rosemary, you probably look at me and you think to yourself, like, this one needs to put up some healthy boundaries because she's always saying yes. And she's super agreeable and she's kind of a walkover. Is that what you're thinking? Mm, well, when you were mining Atlas the other day and I did try to give you some gentle instruction, you were not very accommodating about taking it, I have to say. Oh my God, gentle instruction. I couldn't believe it when I texted and I said, I'm going here on Friday, blah, blah. Where will Atlas be during this during this point, I'm like, he'll I be mine. I just thought you'd forgotten. I, I thought you'd forgotten no. about my angel child. I hadn't. I had it all planned. It was good. No, no. And I don't, no, no. I don't think I'm a walkover. I don't think, I don't think that about myself. But I do think that it's hard to like, it's not always the, it's not the expected. You know, the way they say about people who like very often friends of mine who've been in difficult relationships, I always am like, can I never expect it to be so-and-so, you know what I mean? So mm, it's not yeah. that I look at myself and I go, I am a wall, I am a walkover. It's more that there are certain situations where I go like, why can I not advocate for myself at all when I'm so good at doing it in every other aspect of my life, you know, and I'm good at yeah. doing it for my kids, but for myself in my own private time, I'm not great at it. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know what I'm like... <laughs> What I'm really bad at, and this, like, sorry, this is probably like a slight seg or like a slight non sequitur, but you know, if you're in the supermarket and you and another person come to the queue at the same time, I always am just like, oh, you go ahead. You go ahead. Like, like <laughs> yeah. I'm never like, oh, I, you know, I was here first. However, the odd time that I have said to myself, you know what, I'm going to say to that person, excuse me, there's a queue and I'm in it. Like, excuse me, I'm in the line or in the cinema. Excuse me. Would you mind keeping it down? Well, Beatrice, I have regretted it. There is nothing <laughs> like standing in a queue knowing somebody behind you is just burning daggers into your back. And you have to stand there then and you're like, oh God, why did I stand there? It's cinema. 
I've said that probably <gasps> twice in my life, said to people, sorry, could you keep it down? And then I've sat there with my like shoulders up to my ears going, oh no, they're going to throw popcorn at me. They're hating me. They're going to spill their drink. But what are they doing now? Like, are they talking about me? What? I just... That is so funny that you said that because there was one individual that I worked with in my life who was my manager, right? At the time. And I was always, like for the first six months, I would leave every meeting almost on the verge of tears because he would say things like, you're not doing a good job. This is terrible. That's terrible. You know, this is awful. And then, and I would like, oh, and you go, yeah, you didn't do this. You didn't, what's your plan? What's your plan to redeem this? You know, or he'd say like, really like, okay, obviously people here think that you're talented, but I've yet to see proof of this talent, whatever, (gasps) you know? And I would kind of go, oh. That's so mean. Yeah, but I mean. It really was. He, it, I found it to be very mean. And then the next sentence would be, so what are you doing tomorrow? What are you doing? Are you going out tonight? How's life? You know, but, and I'd be like, your man's nuts, right? But then I realized he just had an amazing ability to not take it personally. Like he didn't take it personally. He didn't take any of it personally. You know, he just kind well, of he said, didn't have to. My... He wasn't the one being insulted. No, but I mean, he didn't even deem it to be personal feedback, which it kind of wasn't, right? I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. And once I but kind like, of could put that into context, I just took his feedback, you know, filtered, parsed through it, took what I felt to be true, what I didn't, what I needed to work on, what mm-hmm. I didn't. And then I'd kind of go, so what are you doing tonight? You know, I was like, I wish I could be like that. That's what you need to be like in the line, in that queue with that person. Like, yep, mm-hmm. now on to normal life, you know, like I've said my best, it's over. Don't take it personally. Easier said than done with like road rage, etc. This is just like though, the not beeping the horn. Yeah, road rage. I beeped my horn at somebody the other day because they were at traffic lights and they just weren't, they were obviously looking at their phone, they just weren't going. And I did like a big beep, beep, like the lights. And then I was like, oh no. And I like literally crouched down below my steering wheel going like, oh, oh, what happened? Weren't we both in the car together recently and I beeped at somebody and we both nearly... (laughs) No, no, no. We were both in the car together. We were at the traffic lights. The light went green and literally a millisecond later, the person behind us beeped at us. And then you drove forward and the two of us looked behind and the two of us went, would she ever fuck off at the exact <laughs> same time? And then, I, and then she pulled up beside us and you went, I'll get a good look at her now. And I said, I'm going to give her the finger. And you went, don't. And then she gave us the finger, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> would she ever fuck off? <laughs> It was actually ridiculous though. The lights had literally just gone green and we were like two cars from the front as well. So we couldn't like, we had to wait for the car in front of us to go. So now I'm thinking like maybe being auto accommodating is the safest path forward. Like, do you know what I mean? Well, I was just thinking maybe she was me yesterday thinking that her baby had like smashed his tooth up into his gum and was rushing to the hospital. Beatrice, I... Look, I just want to tell everyone. So what happened yesterday was Atlas fell off a chair in the kitchen, right? He just... He was sitting on the like normal chair. I was standing right beside him, feeding him fruit puffs. The speech therapist was there to add insult to injury. Oh, was she? Yeah, God, it was terrible. And she couldn't even the talk chair, the ledge. Jesus. No, the, well, because it was blood. It was the blood beers that freaked us all out. The chair toppled to the right and he landed with his face on the floor. And I picked him up and I was like, oh, you're okay. And he was crying, 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 but like really like would not stop crying. And I was like, you're okay. Don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I looked in his mouth and there was blood in his mouth. And whatever way the blood was and the light was hitting his front tooth, it made it look like the front tooth had been like, had pushed up back into the gum. And he also, I realize now, had a bit of fruit puff still in his mouth that he was chewing around. And I thought that was a tooth. Right. So I just so you panicked. texted me. And you said, 
I'm on my way to the ER. Atlas's two front teeth have, he fell off a chair and his two front teeth have pushed back into his gums. I said, I didn't say front, but yeah, two teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And I was, because that's what I thought it happened. Horrified. I was like, can I come? Can I help? Do you need anything? Maybe you should go to the dentist first, blah, blah, blah. About an hour later, you texted, Brandon and I are on our way home. We've decided, actually, he just, Brandon checked, he just has a split lip. Well, he, so the bit of fruit puff in the mouth, the, those fruit puffs go very bloody looking when they get chewed up, right? So the fruit puff was looking like a little bloody tooth. The tooth so, I mean, was covered in... Sorry, now we also need to take into account, you were looking, no doubt, through a veil of hot tears. I wasn't so you crying had liquid at that point. in your eyes. No, I hadn't, then, I hadn't started crying until I saw the blood and then I started bawling yeah. crying. So, so I'm hysterically so crying. So load of liquid in yeah. your eyes, then blood He's and a fruit from his mouth. Yeah, we brought him to the hospital. He had no trousers on at the time, which was unfortunate, right? So, so he's just in his little nappy. Brought him to the hospital, signed in, everything. So we're sitting in the ER. He's watching Elmo. Then he hops off our lap, starts running around, starts pointing at things, starts going, <laughs> like running around. I was like, he seems like, suspiciously okay. And then at one stage, I picked him up because he kept trying to run out the front door and I kind of twirled him around and he stuck his head back and started laughing and I was like, wait a minute. Those teeth look fine. <laughs> Absolute Egypt. Wait a minute. It was very See traumatic, Beatrice. I honestly... in there. No, I got home and I truly, it took me about three hours to come down off that like panic Rosemary, ledge. I believe you. I believe you. When you texted me, you said, I don't know who's more upset, me or him. And then when you text at like 9.40, I still feel exhausted. I'm like, poor Atlas is the one with the swollen gob. He was asleep at that point. He was grand. You should and have he also, very suspicious. As soon as we get in the door then from the hospital, he shoved a load of goldfish in his mouth and starts chomp, chomp, choo-choo. And I was like, he's grand. Not a bother on a single one of his teeth. Crunch, crunch, crunch. I was like, little bastard. I should have given him the goldfish test before we left. So what is the takeaway here? You were too accommodating to Atlas. You should have said, prove to me that I should have done it to a the Claire and Philip McCabe. I should have got a can of Coke out of the fridge and gone, <laughs> you're grand and put on like Santa Claus the movie or whatever movie that they used to use to calm me down. But then guaranteed something would have been broken because that seems to have been the pattern with you. Well, I was just thinking, <laughs> Brandon, Brandon said, oh my God, my dad laughed so much when I told him and I was like, can't believe you told your dad. I'm like, really, shut up, can't believe you told your dad. And he goes, oh no, listen, like my parents have been through so much with us. I'm sure like we've all injured ourselves, blah, blah, blah. And they've been to the ER with us so many times. I was like, what? my parents, I was like, my dad told me to sleep it off when I broke my arm. He only brought me in the next day when it was all swollen. <laughs> <laughs> sleep it off. God. I know the bastard. <sighs> All right. Well, I mean, he knew you well. Listen, if she can't take a nap, something's wrong. I tell you who's not auto-accommodating now. Philip McCabe. Oh, my God. Absolutely not. What's the opposite of auto-accommodating? Not auto-accommodating. Anti-accommodating. Manual unaccommodating. Yeah. No. (laughs) Manual disagreeableness. No offence, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Dad. (laughs) <laughs> thank you all so much for listening to not without my sister remember get us on patreon.com slash not without my sister for extra bonus episodes ad free episodes book club all sorts of lols going on over there and uh we will be back with another episode next week unless somebody's child ends up in the er with nothing wrong with them bye thanks for listening not without my sister is recorded in studio in fort wayne by don kirkland who also wrote our theme tune and the original illustration is by Lindsay nielsen 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.